You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor George Willis, which is from our series, How to Hug a Vampire, Loving People Who Suck the Life Out of You. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Hey, I want to welcome each and every one of you. I want to welcome those that are watching online. Thank you for worshiping with us, being with us. Uh, can we let those in-house know online that we love them, we're with them? Make some noise. Welcome to Creekside Church, we, where we are narrow in our devotion to God, but we are broad in our love and acceptance of people. Narrow in our devotion to God broad in our love and serving others. We're in a four-part message series called How to Hug a Vampire, um, Loving Those Who Suck the Life Out of You. Does anybody have some of those people in your life? Yes, sir. It could be me. I don't know. But loving those who suck the life out of you. How many people in your life, I mean, don't say this out loud and don't name names, but how many people in your life uh, that you have around you, they have a tendency to kind of drain you, to suck the life out of you, to kind of be an emotional vacuum? No elbowing your husband or your wife or whatever. Last week, we talked about those who try to manipulate us, who try to control us. Um, today, we're going to talk about something I think it's unfortunate, but I think every single one of us can uh, relate to or every single one of us will face at some point in our life uh, at one time or another, but it, it, it's people who have the tendency to pick you apart. People who criticize you, people who complain about something you said or you did. And sometimes I have a tendency to be overly critical. In fact, how, how, many, how many of us in this room and watching online have someone in our life with the spiritual gift of finding faults with everything that we do? I mean, if we're honest, how many of us have already criticized something or something on the way to church today? I know I did. We got these stupid, like... 12 inch high waste baskets in our bathroom and no matter how close you get to it it repels whatever you're trying to throw away <laughs> then you got to get way down and pick up whether it's a q-tip or a tissue or whatever you're throwing away I'm literally I said this to my wife this morning I hate these stupid trash cans <laughs> and that's just one of many we've all complained about something or criticized something today haven't we in some way shape or form and if that's you, and chances are it's you, <laughs> you're in the right place today. How do we love those who pick us apart? How do we love those who complain all the time? How do we love those who are critical? How do we work with those who are, you know, have a tendency to, to not critique, but criticize? There's a difference, right? How do we love them? Maybe you work for a boss that kind of micromanages. And the only feedback you get is when something is wrong. Maybe you're an adult 
and, uh, or, you know, a, a adult, an adult with young kids and your parents still criticize everything you do, how you raise your kids, how you discipline your kids. They tell you how to do it, not to do it. They tell you how, you know, they cr criticize how you spend your money and what you spend your money on. Maybe they criticize you for going to Creekside Church. That's a joke. You guys are like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Maybe you have a spouse who's like very critical of your weight. Maybe you have a spouse who, you know, makes fun of you all the time. Or maybe you have a spouse that criticizes the way you chew your food. That's a real thing. Mouth noises, not good. Maybe you have a spouse who criticizes. How many of you guys have a spouse that you will load, you know, put your stuff in the dishwasher and they come behind you and rearrange the dishwasher because you did it wrong? Anybody else? This, this is my group therapy. It's free. I'm just, yeah, I'm just talking it out. I'm working it out. Or how, how many of you have a spouse who criticizes when you leave shoes all over the house? You just take them off, take them off and you think, I think, I mean, not me, someone else thinks that they're going to magically walk into the closet or, or, or you leave clothes wrong side out a foot away from the hamper, <laughs> empty hamper. Any, no, just me. Okay. I'm working this out. How do we deal, how do we love people who constantly criticize us? I'm just curious. And you don't have to answer this question. It's rhetorical. How many people have ever heard of someone criticize our church before? Easy target, right? Either we're too small and I want something, you know, they're looking for something, or we're too big and we're going to hell. Preacher's too demanding. You have to serve. You have to love like Jesus. The preacher doesn't preach enough on insert your favorite subject. The preacher uh, 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 doesn't, you know, or preaches too much on insert your favorite or least favorite subject. The preacher's clothes are too trendy. He's, he doesn't wear socks. Worship is too short. Uh, worship's too long. Worship's too soft. Worship's too loud. No matter who you are, no matter what you are doing, if you are trying to make a difference in any kind of relationship or any situation, people are going to complain about you and criticize you. It's a fact of life. In fact, there's a quote. I don't know who, maybe Aristotle, but it says, if you, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Now, I don't want to criticize that quote, but if you do nothing, say nothing, you know, be nothing, somebody's going to criticize you for being lazy. 
If you are upright, if you are breathing, if you are here, if you're watching online, you will be criticized, especially if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Remember, because we just talked about in the, in, in the, the last season, in the last series, about how we are to be set apart, to live different, to have different values and different priorities than the world does, to respond differently than the world does. And guess what? we're going to be criticized. People are going to complain. We need to learn how to deal when people, with people who pick us apart. I think it's important and imperative that we learn how to love people who criticize us. For some of you, it's wreaking havoc within your relationships. You don't have a good relationship with your mom because you feel like she's constantly picking you apart or complaining or criticizing something you did. Maybe your dad constantly criticized your work ethic or how you're raising your son. Maybe it's in your marriage. You and your spouse are going at it because you're trying to change your spouse, knowing full well you can't. We talked about that last week. But it's just constant criticism. Maybe you work for a boss who is critical and Creekside staff do not answer that one. How do we respond to critical people, to those who pick us apart, to those who complain? I want to give you just four quick thoughts. They're very applicable, and I believe they will speak to you in a very real way if you apply them, and they're biblical. How do we respond to those who pick us apart? How do we respond to those who criticize us? The number, one, if, number one, if you're taking notes, you simply don't respond. Just don't respond. When someone is critical of you, criticizing you, how about we don't respond? Just because someone criticizes you doesn't obligate you to respond. I know that's kind of shocking to some of us, right? We're not obligated to respond. And this can be very freeing if you apply it. Because some of us feel trapped in this prison of criticism. In fact, this is what, uh, you know, the very line of thinking that Jesus had it says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. It says, when they hurled their insults at him, who were they hurling insults at? Friend of sinners. What's this guy? This dude's a drunk. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He thinks he's God. They were hurling insults at him. He's a lunatic. What did it say Jesus did? Did it say he went to Facebook and posted a mean post about him? Did he say, did, did Jesus, you know, kind of one-up their criticism and say, yeah, let me tell you about you? No. It says he didn't retaliate. Aren't we supposed to be Christ-like? Isn't this whole relationship supposed to transform us into the likeness 
of Christ, we don't respond. We follow the model of the one we call our Lord. We don't, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, what did he do? He entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. You know, notice Jesus didn't retaliate. He didn't defend himself. He didn't make excuses. He didn't complain. You know what he did? He simply trusted God. He trusted God, his father in heaven. How do we respond to those who complain about us, criticize us, pick us apart? Sometimes you just don't. And just because they have a relationship with you doesn't mean it demands a response from you. I love what the proverb says. Proverbs 19.11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory, and say it with me, to what? Overlook an offense. Overlook an offense. What does that mean, overlooking an offense? It, it's not the same as pretending it didn't happen. You don't want to pretend it didn't happen. What it means is to make a conscious decision to let it go. Let it pass over. Shake it off. It's a form of forgiveness. Not something in the past tense, but forgiving in real time. What you're saying is I am choosing. I am making a choice right now. I am choosing to in this moment to be above that and I'm going to let it go. Remember, uncommon standards. We live to a higher standard. I'm going to let it go to rise above the, uh, the offense. And I'm going to forgive, not later, not when I feel like it. I'm going to forgive right now in real time, real time. Now, as a pastor, as a leader, and, and I know if you guys are leaders or bosses or whatever in, in, in your context, you know, there, there, sometimes there's some deep hurt that you have to wrestle with. As a leader, you're, you're kind of constantly criticized, you know, about how you lead or even the stuff you wear. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. But you're constantly criticized. You're constantly picked apart. And the reality is I'm human, and I know you leaders are human as well, and, and what's, what's our tendency, our natural tendency is to, we want to fight back. We want to get angry. But you know what? I don't. And my wife can attest to this because I've had some people call me and like straight up scream at me. But in that moment, I chose, I chose to rise above the offense. I allow the Holy Spirit to step in and give me a different perspective. I choose to rise above and I don't reply. I don't have to reply. You know why I don't have to reply? Because my only responsibility, my only role is to obey God, not to answer to critics. 
That's my sole responsibility. Sometimes you just don't say anything. You don't respond. But sometimes you have to respond. And when you do, respond carefully. Respond carefully. Don't react. Because when we react, you know what's the driving uh, uh, force behind our reaction? Our emotion. We're emotional people. We, we, we respond carefully. We don't react led by emotion. We respond led by the Holy Spirit. Don't react. Respond. Reaction's emotional. Responding is, is led by the Holy Spirit. Here's a powerful example. How many of you guys know the dude Gideon? Back in the Old Testament. Gideon was taking some heat from people uh, who didn't like what Gideon was doing. I'm not going to go into the complete story, but let me give you a summary. It says in Judges chapter 8, 1 and, uh, 1 and 2, it says, Now the Ephraimites asked Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And what did they do? They challenged Gideon, not like, hey, let me just, let's talk this out. They challenged him vigorously. Another translation says they criticized him sharply. What do you think you're doing? But what, Gideon, what did Gideon do? It says this, it says in verse two, but he answered them. He gave them an answer. Didn't say he reacted to it. It says he responded to it by giving them an answer. He gave them a very clear, rational response. He explains that he was, he explains what he has done, what he was doing. He was, you know, he worked the harvest, the grapes are good, how God worked it all out. And then he goes on in verse three, when the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, what happened, their anger subsided. He didn't throw fuel on the fire. Sometimes a responsive explanation or a genuine, authentic answer will give a critical person an understanding that they didn't have in the first place. In other words, at some point, when somebody, someone's criticizing you, oh, what, why are you going back to school, man? You're like 45. You should have done that when you were young. You don't have the time for that. You got a family. Or, you know, why do you serve all those hours at, at church? You're always down there. Or why are, you, why are you doing that that way? Sometimes you just offer some context and offer a reasonable explanation, not an excuse. Because... When you give a reasonable explanation, you know what? It helps them understand. It makes sense. How can this play out? Let's say your friend unleashes on you for no reason. Has that ever happened? I mean, or your coworker picks you apart. Or your parents are riding you. What do you do? Here's a real response. You wait before you respond. Just wait. 
Wait before you respond. Because when emotions are high, here's what I know. Wisdom is low. Wait before you respond. We're all going to walk out of here a little bit better than when we came in. Wait before you respond. When you compose that reactive text, hashtag don't send it. (laughs) And when someone is incredibly critical of you, please remember, and you got to know this and understand this, and this this has helped me as I matured over the years. Oftentimes, the criticism you receive isn't really about you. I found that most angry people are usually hurting people. And their criticism is a result of a hurt that they are filtering their own life through and everything they say and everything they do. In fact, I found that those who are most critical of me are dealing with some type of inconsistency in their own life. And the same would be true for you as well. I mean, if if we're all being honest here, has anyone ever met a well-adjusted, happy, productive, and positive person who constantly bangs out hateful comments on social media? I heard that behind every anger is a hurt. How about we, uh, instead of feeling defensive, here's, here's a novel idea. It could be challenging to some of us, and some of us already have this on lock. How about we say, I want to have compassion. I'm reading through the, the Bible in a year, and it, it, it's the NLT version of the Bible in chronological order. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it kind of takes the story and puts it in, in a timeline when it most likely took place. And I'm in the New Testament section now, and I'm reading through the, the Gospels, and I can't tell you how many times it, it said over and over again that when Jesus saw someone hurting or in pain or whatever, he had compassion on them. Compassion. Compassion. How about instead of feeling defensive or going on the offensive, we we say, I want to have compassion. Try to love them through the wound. Love them through the wound instead of always taking it personally. We're not going to react. We're going to prayerfully respond wisely. Sometimes you just don't respond. You don't respond to angry, mean people. Sometimes you respond carefully and sometimes, here's the deal, you listen and you make the change. The reality is sometimes your critics are absolutely right. Whether it's a harsh critic that points out a truth or someone that loves you who has the best interest for you in mind. Now, allow me to get all up in it for a minute. Sometimes people, uh, the people being hard on you are absolutely right in being hard on you because you won't listen. I mean, listen, if, if everybody tells you that you have a problem, guess what? Maybe you do. 
If your spouse, who loves you unconditionally, says you're yelling too much, perhaps you are yelling too much. If everyone, everyone around you, parents, friends, grandparents, that guy on the guest services team is telling you that the person that you are dating is the devil, (laughs) you need to kick that dude to the curb and wait for a true man of God to show up. Cast that demon out in the name of Jesus. Stop settling for something that is beneath yourself. Proverbs 15, 31, 32 says, if you listen to constructive criticism, wow, you will be at home among the wise. But if you reject discipline, what happens? You don't harm the person criticizing you. You harm yourself. What's that uh, cliche uh, about poison? Kristen, do you remember that? You Uh, You know what it is. Unforgiveness or not forgiving is like uh, you drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I have learned a lot from both my critics who love me and who hate me. People have pointed out stuff about me that I needed to hear and that I needed to change. And you, and here's the deal. You can learn from anybody. You can learn from anybody if you have the heart to receive it. My wife, she loves me unconditionally, but she will correct me. You know, stop throwing out numbers willy-nilly when you speak. Because I have a bad habit of doing that. Or stop apologizing for the length of a message. So many things in my life that are better today because of constructive criticism that I received yesterday and I received it with a soft, humble, open heart. Whether it's my leadership, my parenting, my listening, or my husbanding. You receive it and you make the change. You listen, you make the change. Because the reality is if if there hasn't been a few times in this last year that you received some constructive criticism and you made a change, if you haven't received it, you're probably missing, missing out on the opportunity for growth. You may not be growing. How do we respond to those people who pick us apart? Sometimes you don't. You don't. Don't respond to those people. Sometimes you respond carefully, not emotionally, but spirit led. And sometimes you listen and you make the necessary changes. And the fourth one is always work. How do we always work to guard your heart? Always work to guard your heart. Why? Why? Because we will not be, we cannot be the ones with the critical spirit. Proverbs 12, 18 says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise do what? Bring healing. 
I know I, for one, want my words to be healing, not cutting. When I speak, Michael, I want it to speak life into you, not speak death. We need to be life speakers, not speakers of death. The problem is because of our sinful nature, our, all of our sinful nature, we can, every single one of us has the ability to be the critical one. Just ask my garbage cans in my bathroom. When we talk about dealing with overly critical people, so often, listen, we have no clue because critical people often don't know that they're being critical because they, and we all do this, justify our criticism. Am I just preaching to myself? We justify our criticism. And as a result of their ignorance, they actually believe, as well as all of us, in some way, at some point, believe we have the right to tear things down. We have no idea how critical we can be born out of our sinful nature. Can you believe the way she dresses? Showing up to church all up in here acting like she loves Jesus dressed like that. She's barely wearing anything. All she loves is that guy in the second row. And don't get me started on that guy. I mean, the job he has, I can't believe he's shown his face in church. We all can do it. We've all done it. Or man, my boss is a moron. I can run this company better than he can. Josh McDaniel should be fired. He can't make any plays. The Raiders still suck. Josh McDaniels, by the way, I got a thing. I'm, I'm struggling with that one. Or how about this? Maybe you've heard this song playing in your head on loop. If I had their money, I wouldn't spend it like they do. Or, hey, I don't know this, but that dude has no idea how dumb he looks. <laughs> or maybe, you know, someone in high school, she's so full of her selfie. No, my wife got that one. I try. We all do it. We all think it. We all say it. We all criticize. We all criticize. And then what do we do? We justify it. Hey, hey, I'm just being honest. Just calling it like I see it. Right? Just saying. Listen, we have no idea how incredibly critical our own spirits can be. And what do we need to do? We need to guard our hearts. I think it says somewhere in the Bible that out of our heart, our mouth speaks. Actually, I know it does. And as the worship team makes their way up,
I want to close with this. Here's the reality. I can be, you can be, we all can be critical. But for my sake, I'm going to call it opinionated because that sounds better. We can pick apart efforts. We can pick apart the end results. I can be critical on how parents parent, how they're raising their kids. I can be critical of other leaders. I could be other, listen, I can be critical of, of a lack of worth ethic. We all can, we're all, we all wrestle with this critical spirit. And why is it that we all can end up being critical? Because what I know and what I believe is that my critical spirit is always born out of pride, ignorance, and hurt. Pride, ignorance, and hurt. So what do we do? What do we do with what we just heard? What do we do to overcome this spirit of criticism, to, to overcome a critical spirit. When we're overly sensitive to criticism, here's what we need to do. We need to be and become deeply grounded in who we are in Christ. We need to be deeply rooted in our relationship with, with Jesus. Like we said last week, we need to clarify our call. Clarify your call. This is who I'm called to be. This is who Christ called me and leads me and shapes me to be. And we need to be confident enough to say, I am sure of who I am in Christ. Because who I am in Christ matters more than what others think. Right? Who I am in Christ matters more than what they think. Stop. We need to start living our life for him and stop living on the opinions of them. whoever them is for you. What's the flip side? I'm so confident in Christ. Here's, the, here's what, I don't have to tear someone else down to lift me up. I don't have to rip someone else apart to make me feel better. Because I'm not motivated by the praise of those who love me and I'm not derailed by the criticism of those who hate me. If I live by your praise, then I will die by its absence. That cannot be the fuel in my engine that I live my call and my purpose that God gave me on. I can't do it. I can't, I can't live by what you think of me and you can't live by what others think of you. Be confident in who you are in Christ. Let's stand together. I heard it put this way.
I'm not going to let compliments go to my head. And I'm not going to let criticism stick to my heart. Not going to let compliments go to my head. Because I'm not living for compliments. I'm living for purpose. I'm living based on my call. And therefore, when I'm confident in that, when I'm sure of that, then the criticism doesn't stick. doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't stick. You know what? We all just have to do what God's called us all to do. I don't have to tear you down to make me feel better. You don't have to tear me down to make you feel better. And I can always learn and rise above the criticism and the complaining of others. You have the ability to rise above. What do we need to know? The Apostle Paul kind of understood this a little bit. And he said this in Romans 14.10 where he said, So why do you condemn another believer? can't believe that dude showed up to church today. I saw him at the refinery yesterday and you should have seen how he was talking. Why do we condemn another believer? Oh, pastor's on his phone during the first song of worship. That's rude. In the front row. Let me, let me respond with a little context. I'm talking to everybody watching online. I'm shepherding them too. I'm not saying I ever heard that complaint, but maybe someone thought it. Why do we condemn another believer? Can you sense kind of the critical spirit that the Apostle Paul was addressing here? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes, each one of us will give a personal account to God. So say this with me, church. So let's stop condemning I can, can you imagine the spirit of this place when we stop picking each other apart? Can you imagine the impact we will have on the world outside of these walls when we stop picking people apart and instead loving them? Enough with this negative talk. Enough, I mean, listen, the world may be getting worse. I don't know, but we don't have to keep talking about it. How does our negativity communicate the, the love of Christ? Enough negative, enough critical, enough hateful, negative people. And instead of criticizing, how about this? We start to coach. Instead of picking people apart, how about we coach them to become a better version of themselves? How about we recognize what God's already up to in that person's life and we come alongside and be about what God's already doing? Let's be a people who looks for the good and believes the best about others. Father, we surrender our lives, our hearts, and our words to you. Have your way in us, Father, and let the character of Jesus Christ work its way through us for the benefit of those around us. Forgive me for being a critical curmudgeon and picking things apart, Father. 
That's not the person you've called me to be. And I'm sorry. And I know that I personally have the ability because of Christ within me and the power of your Holy Spirit to make different choices in how I respond. And Father, let me learn from what I hear and make the necessary change. And Father, most of all, guard my heart. Church, you're going to have an opportunity to pray that same prayer. Pray over those four points and ask God to help you and give you the ability to apply it. Don't respond. Sometimes respond carefully. Sometimes listen to what they're saying and make the change. And most of all, ask God to guard your heart.